Welcome to Midnight Conversations. My name is Stephen Banos. And I'm Anandan Ambikaraja. Sure is. <laughs> bit of a um bit of bit of a pause there. Delay before we started. I mean the listeners won't hear the pause. We'll we'll uh edit that out. But usually we have a bit of a pause before we start for some editing tricks. We won't need to go into them. We don't need to diverge how uh, divulge how how expert we are at doing edits, but usually we we pause for a few seconds at the start. I think double the amount of time, Stephen, uh today. Yeah, well, I think our our flow has sort of been uh, stilted by oh. the fact that we we take a mini hiatus between each episode. <laughs> but that's you know that's that's our lives now. I've we got do a question this on an ad, ad hoc yeah. basis. I've, I've yeah. got a, I've got a question about that. So uh, if you not about the mini hiatus, we that we, <laughs> we, we don't need to ask questions about about those things. We we should be willing and able to take hiatus as, uh, whenever we want. The yeah, question, we're adults. Exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, even if we were paid for this, it's questionable as to whether or not that's doable. But the question is, um, do you think? Because we sort of work it out as we go as to who introduces the pod and says welcome to Midnight Conversations. Hmm. Uh, do hmm. you think that is random? Or do you think that one of us introduces more often than the other? Uh, I think I think we alternate pretty pretty evenly. You think it's pretty evenly? Uh, yeah, pretty mm, evenly. Why do you, no, do you I, disagree? I'm, just, I'm teaching statistics at the moment, so it's making me think a lot about statistics. And I wonder whether uh, there is a, a likelihood of one of us to introduce the pod more than others. I wonder if listeners is for, are perhaps like, oh, Stephen introduces the pod quite a lot or vice versa. I think my introductions are more memorable because they're oh. more enjoyable, and oh, so they, they'd I probably fade. I mean, <laughs> I, my, my viewpoint is just that if we set the benchmark low when we start, then mm. the pod can only get better. So that's why I'm happy for you to take over when we start the episodes. Ouch. <laughs> that's brutal. You know, why, why could you see? I, mean, I, I feel bad now when you say ouch. <laughs> Banter can only go one way at it. I see. Anyway, I see how it is. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Let's, uh, let's we're, talking about, uh, we're talking about physical activity we're talking about uh this is a paper that i pulled up i think it was very soon after one of the recent pods we did if we did it more consistently i'd remember what the exact conversation was but it was a revolving around the idea of the use of physical activity uh monitors ways in which you count your steps whether this could be beneficial or a hindrance to motivation Uh, i think the context was i was saying how Lately, when I've been running or cycling, I haven't actually been tracking the distance or the speed at which I do those activities. And I found that I, it's I, actually been useful. I don't I don't think that was it. Because I remember no? after that podcast, we had a conversation about mm. how I was worried about the, the weight that I was gaining. Right. And you look very concerned. And <laughs> I have a feeling that straight after you're like, how do I motivate Steve uh, to, yeah. to lose that weight? Is that, yeah. is that more accurate? Ah, you know. I, uh, let's. So, what we're talking about today? Is, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, how how for, how has that been going? You have been saying you're you're trying to lose weight. Well, how's it all been going? It's been going good. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm actually nearly back to to full fitness. Oh wow! Yeah, very I've been good. losing weight. That was muscle quite, muscle yeah. growth. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. And uh, have you been using physical activity monitors in your in your journey? I have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, and I have uh, found them to be quite effective. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, that is that is the summary of this pod. Uh, essentially, that's what, the, <laughs> that's what this study did. <laughs> this is done, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we're done. That's it. <laughs> so this is a systematic review and meta-analysis where they aggregated all randomized control trials that looked at the... I'm pretty sure it was randomized control trials. Yeah, that looked at mm. the effect of uh, physical activity monitors on physical activity. So whether the use of physical activity monitors improved levels of moderate physical activity or intense physical activity, all sorts of things. And so, um, sorry, just, sorry, just quickly, do you, yeah. do you want to explain what a meta-analysis is? Yeah. The, why why not? New well, listeners? No, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I feel like, uh, most of the papers that we cover are generally meta-analysis. So what we should do is mm, my explanation true. that I do now we should edit that into every single episode. <laughs> so I need to say it in such a way that it's, it's, it's like timeless. So um, what a meta-analysis is, is it's essentially an aggregation of studies. So you may see a question such as this as to whether uh, physical activity monitors improve physical activity. You may find an individual study that shows it doesn't have an effect. Other studies that show it do have an effect, it does have an effect. And it may depend on number of factors. Uh, and But if what we can do to get a better sense of the true effect is we can aggregate all these studies together and we can see, well, on balance, it, do more studies show a positive or negative or no effect? And and we can also address things. So if we see 10 studies that show a positive effect and one that shows a negative effect, we can say, well, why is that the case? And maybe the negative study uh, or the one that showed no effect had a s certain sample that was representative of a demographic that isn't representative of all people, or they didn't control uh, or adjust for a certain factor, such as diet or something. So so all these sort of things we can assess with the meta-analysis. So they're very powerful tools. Clinicians are often told to uh, look at meta-analyses because it's a nice way to summarize a body of evidence. And I think with this podcast, we've sort of fallen into that uh, habit as well, because it's very difficult to, if we were to just find a single paper, generally discussions are like, this This paper is interesting, but it could, the, the, we, how much merit do you give to the findings of one study? Whereas this, we can have more of a, uh, I guess, reliable conversation as to the findings that are here, because we know that they're based on many studies, so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you tend to pick out the the meta analyses, whereas <laughs> <laughs> I just I just pick out the first paper that yeah, has fine. an in interesting title yeah, or fine. one of the authors has a funny name or something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's true. That's true. Um, and so uh, with this with this meta analysis, that this is what they did. They looked at um, all studies that uh, looked at physical activity and the use of these physical activity monitors on physical activity levels. Uh, and essentially what they found is that these physical activity monitors uh, are safe and effective, uh, effective at increasing physical activity uh, and mo at different levels, moderate and vigorous uh, physical activity levels. So some interesting findings there. But I guess not too surprising for you, eh, Stephen, given that it's been effective. Yeah, well, ex exactly. And mm. I think um, my experience has been kind of precisely consistent with these results. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's affected my like moderate to vigorous exercise. It doesn't affect when I go to the gym so much or like if I play sport, that would be my like, you know, more, more, more aggressive uh, exercise. Yeah, mm. but it definitely it definitely affects the amount that I walk. Um, I'm constantly monitoring my steps. I'm literally currently at 
348 for the day, which is devastating. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That was literally a roll out of bed, get breakfast and start work day, isn't it? (laughs) It's been a busy day so far. Um, And I would would have gone for a walk at lunchtime today, but you you wrote me into this podcast. So (laughs) So I'm hindering your progress. But at least now you'll have more motivation when you walk because you'll you'll know what the effects are. And let let me put these results into context because it's very uh, simple to sort of summarize them broadly. But there's some really cool uh, ways in which they present these results and how they break it down. So they say that... Uh, the effect of these physical activity monitors uh, for, moder- uh, for moderate activity, it, it results in about 1,235 daily steps more is uh, what that can link to. And for vis- uh, vigorous physical activity, uh, it's equal to 48.5 minutes additional weekly activity. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it has a pretty significant effect when it comes to improving total time spent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you wear... Uh fitness watches yourself i no. i not for but not for physical activity reasons it's more uh, about the the collection and aggregation of data <laughs> so, oh my so, <laughs> so it's just i i find it interesting to to monitor mm. data and to to see the trends that occur but often i ask myself what is the what is what is this really informing and what is this uh Am I, am I just chasing the numbers? Like, what, what, it, what value is this adding by having, a, if I was able to, which I could, uh, have a detailed analysis of my sleep patterns and understand how much I'm exercising, will that really inform my behaviors? Somewhat, maybe, in regards to if I wasn't sleeping very well for a prolonged period of time or if I wasn't exercising much. But generally, if I'm just plugging along and doing my normal thing, I don't know how this aggregation data will be useful and given all the privacy concerns in relation to how people can access this data, uh, whether this data is contained yourself or whether corporations have access to um, the movements and tracking of this data, it, it can, yeah, it can have consequences later on. Do you find like the physical activity or the sleep data or the heart rate data or which, is there anything that kind of interests you more? I've never tracked sleep, uh, okay. which uh, so I think that would be interesting just for that reason. And also, mm. uh, I guess, if it could ca- calculate, because sleep, it's not just duration in terms of sleeping overnight. Some people wake up multiple times. Uh, so mm. if it could calculate it to that level of precision. It, it can, yeah, yeah, it yeah, can. Then, yeah. Then I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd be very curious to, to know that. But then again, uh, I guess part of it is knowing that you need more sleep as well. So I, I mean, I'm not saying there's no value. I, I, I'm a scientist at the end of the day. I love data. I love analyzing data. But yeah, I wonder. I'm, I wonder <laughs> what true value. geek is coming out. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wonder what it adds to um, my daily or even overall decision making process. Like for you, I guess. I, so you just looked and you said under 400 steps. Does that mean yeah. that that clearly is a motivating factor for you now to hit a larger step count? Is it? hugely hugely for me yeah 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 and i I find even if like at the end of the day if i'm at like 858 8800 i mean like Mm. 8500 steps i'll be like oh i should try and get to at least 10,000. yeah like that's so yeah i i find like i'm really motivated by my watch it also like buzzes me if i haven't walked within the last you know 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it does Mm. and that sort of like gets me up and i'm like all right i'll go for a walk and get a glass of water or just something at least yeah which is good because i need it like Mm. You know, especially when, when my when my work is busy 
and I just like become, you know, deeply focused on a task. I just need that, that little kick to say like, Hey man, you literally just been in a chair since you got up. Yeah. Um, so go do something. No, th- you're, these you're are good points, and <laughs> I don't know if watch this. These these are these are good points, uh, and my only counter to some of them is that uh, perhaps another negative to the watch because there's clearly positives in in regards to improving physical activity. I, I know mm-hmm. many people who say similar stories when they don't hit their ten thousand steps, they'll they'll actively make an effort to to hit that. But I wonder whether the reminders are could be detrimental to the focus of your work, right? Because often mm-hmm. at times, uh, people generally take the viewpoint that when they hear something is positive, such as physical activity monitors, they generalize that positivity yeah. to everything. But really, mm-hmm. this study is saying in the specific instance of improving physical activity output, yeah, they're useful. But what about in terms of focus or in terms, like if my phone is buzzing all the time and telling me I need to do this or that, uh, can it detract from that level of focus? So that's, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it can also detract from just the enjoyment of day-to-day life for for some people more than others. And I'm really just calling out my wife right now who just (laughs) like loves her Apple Watch. Um, But it means she'll, she'll invite me out for a leisurely walk by the beach and it turns into hardcore exercise. And I know that she's looking at her watch, you know, every every hundred steps, like, oh, we just need to go a little bit further there. And I'm like, I'm in my thongs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to I'm trying to chill. Yeah. So I think uh I think I, there's probably a personality factor that comes into like how much benefit as opposed to detriment you're getting out of this. Yeah. This and I think I th- that that's sort of what the paper noted to some degree in terms of the effectiveness was it, it, the of the intervention did depend as well on the baseline level of the amount of steps people were having. I think somewhere in it, it said something like people who had less than 8,000 steps benefited the most from the intervention. So I think it, you're touching on something actually quite um, poignant there in regards to the effect may depend on a few factors. And so one of those could be personality type or, uh, yeah. And, and so at the end of the day, whether it's right for you depends on whether it's right for you. And so, but on aggregate, it shows that there are benefits in terms of physical activity output. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the main reasons I started wearing it was because I read an article that someone had learned that they had a heart problem just Mm. by wearing the the watch and collecting the data about that. And I thought that was really interesting, but I honestly wouldn't know how to use my watch to determine if I have one or not. Yeah. Well, I guess if they uh, noticed that their heart uh, had an abnormal uh, fluctuation because it, it happens so quickly. Generally, if you have heart issues and you go to a doctor uh, and they don't know what's going on, they will send you home with a some sort of device to monitor your physical activity, or they'll ask you to record when you feel and at what times of day and all these sort of things. So it actually, uh, yeah, you're right. For for medicine, it has a real powerful utility, and also for people who are older and live alone. I think these app, uh, not just Apple watches, but all these, all these sort of watches, they uh, have inbuilt in them something that detects whether someone's fallen down and it alerts emergency services. And so, like, it has so many benefits. Technology has amazing benefits, I think, on aggregate. But I just think uh, there sometimes it the you have to ask yourself whether the benefits outweigh the limitations for your personal life. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, the main limitation is the level of distraction uh, from technology. And then the secondary is the collection of data, I guess, (laughs) to some extent, because you never know how, I guess, how bad uh, data collection can be until you sort of 
get a sense of um, what previ previous history has shown they've done with seemingly innocent data. I mean, it, it's, it, and I think the most sinister types come from marketing where they observe your preferences for certain things and target this accordingly. And so it influences decision-making. I, I think, I think, mm. I'm, yeah, I, I, the, let me, let me also preface that because I'm teaching statistics currently, I, I'm reading a lot of books on statistics and one of them is about like data use and data privacy and then uh, the missing data and all this sort of stuff. So it's probably, this is probably a snapshot in time where, <laughs> where I'm probably on the higher end of, of awareness. Um, because mm. living, living life without awareness can be, uh, yeah, it can be, it, it is bliss. <laughs> it really is to yeah. some extent, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Firstly, I've yeah. never seen someone smile so much while talking about statistics, uh, I, which is concerning, well, but endearing I, <laughs> as well. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I, I honestly, um, I, when, when these things first came out, I was really turned off them because I just didn't like that, like roboticness of them. Mm. Like I didn't want to feel like I'm living in a simulation and I, I'm, I'm literally just a, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a robot that needs to walk this amount of steps and yeah. I can collect all this data and information about myself. This is my current heart rate. Like, yeah. I, I don't know that that kind of scared me a little bit. And but I guess now I've just, I'm just it, leaning into it. Now. Yeah. I, and that's, this is the thing. I know a number of people who just, I have these conversations and they're just like, well, the benefits for me are, are useful and I just want to use all of it and, and give, away that privacy for the luxury of of what the technology offers uh, what's interesting as well is what the implications of the data have after you die as well if not to get too more but i guess mm. well, uh, maybe you know li little steven Bados uh, is gonna wanna I don't, i'm assuming your son's name is steven Bados. i don't know why it, it will just, be it, yeah. Uh, yeah i just without assume, a doubt yeah <laughs> uh, little as well has to be in the preface um <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll want to track. Oh, I wonder what Stephen was doing in his life, and they could see the periods of your life in which you were more active, less active. What you did, it's sort of because you can graph quite complex data, such as the number of hours you slept in your whole life. You can graph it nicely uh, in a wow. in a single image, and so whether it could inform future generations more about the kind of person you were from, or snapshots about it based on your sleep and activity and all sorts of things. So it could be, wow. could yeah. be cool. So someday my son could be like, why did my dad die? Oh, because on <laughs> Wednesday, the 2nd of March, he only walked 400 steps. Well, That's why. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I think a lot of technology has the advantage in regards to this geospatial navigation as well, right? When people go lost and missing, I, I think it's much easier to find them these days, yeah, yeah. you know, a hundred years ago. So that that's also another factor. But yeah, it, it could give greater insights to others who want to know more about you and you're not around to tell that story. So we can try to create that story or recreate it through your data. So it, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, there's a there there are two parts to your personality that I'm seeing here because we did the podcast the other day about the um the minimalist shoes which <laughs> yeah. shows that kind of like your inclination to to steer towards more natural things and now we're discussing you know like data about our body and statistics and stuff like that which which fascinates you as well um and I like I don't know it, it makes me think about people like even a thousand years ago like yeah if they were looking at how we're exercising today, mm. they would just lose their mind. Like, it's oh, just yeah. so ridiculous. These people were out, like, climbing trees and throwing spears <laughs> and shit. And, yeah. like, there was just... 
they never thought about exercise. I presume I wasn't there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they must look at us now with these little devices on our wrists. Yeah. I mean, um, I, th- I think about it all the time yeah. when I, yeah. uh, so I take uh, my son to like swimming lessons and it's at a gym, like a massive, massive gym and they have a swimming pool, they do swimming lessons. And every time I'm in that gym, because I, I, I look around and I look at people in a gym class, like all in unison, like lifting a barbell or, or doing squats. And I think, and I look at all these machines and I think how crazy it is. And it's, it, I think the health industry has done a really great job in terms of marketing, in terms of normalizing the idea of going to a gym and it's, it's a normal thing to do. But I think, as you say, if you, you, you don't need to rewind the clock that far back to even yeah, think about right. how abstract and weird of a concept a gym is for physical activity. But then yes. our lives have changed. We've become more sedentary in our lifestyles. And as a result, gyms may be, be a necessary way to get an effective amount of exercise in to meet some sort of quota because we're not walking around commonly. But mm. um, so, I, so, I, so yeah. So to, to to that point that I was making before, like which side of your personality do you do you tend to favor though? Like I think <laughs> I think I think it evolves because I was someone okay. I think in my early twenties I went to the gym quite a lot and then mm. once I started climbing uh, I stopped going to the gym uh, and then I think having that time away from the I guess the climbing climbing is it's called a climbing gym so I guess that's another form of a gym as well but yeah. I guess stepping away from the conventional gym setup of machines and weights made me uh, more aware of how how weird it is how I used to I guess feel like I needed to go to the gym for at least half hour that day and just lift weights like it was such a but I may not have had the energy to have done anything else in that day. But it's such a, it's, I don't know, it's just a very odd concept to me nowadays. Um, yeah. yeah. But yes. just because it's odd to me doesn't mean that it's not right. And it's very, you know, gyms have been very effective at helping many people reach their fitness, health and fitness goals. And so uh, sure. I'm not, not saying I'm not advocating. I'm just saying that it's uh, something that I think is interesting that it's normalized when it's, mm-hmm. when it's uh, odd <laughs> i'm totally with you yeah, and i think yeah. i'm currently going through that phase where gyms are becoming weird to me again I've yeah. been going, you know three, three times a week for the past year or so and now i'm trading it out for, for you know soccer and martial arts and stuff like that instead which is and and, and this is uh, another aspect of fitness as well right this uh well gyms are useful like getting your heart rate going they get you active they get you moving but then hmm. other activities such as as you say soccer and martial arts they're more whole body activities they in, engage uh, your cognitive capacities although there's arguments that if you're going to the gym properly you're engaging your cognition as well because you're thinking exactly about the precise movements that you need to do for each movement you're trying to work out a training schedule so it depends you could mindlessly do many activities and you could may not do others so there's arguments pro con what Mm. i'm saying is i'm a man with lots of thoughts and no answers (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's everyone but you know that's why that's why we have this midnight conversations that's that's exactly exactly so Um, your key your key takeaways from this key takeaway is uh for the purposes of specifically improving physical activity output, physical activity monitors are, are great. Uh, and I know anecdotally from people around me and even myself when I've used them, they've been very, very effective. It, it motivates you, uh, but uh, I think there are disadvantages as well. And, and personally, those have been the uh, perfectionistic aspect of, of perhaps my personality where I say to myself, oh, well, if I've done an 8K run before, why can't I just do it? again now or but not even considering the fact that 
the 8Ks I was doing previously, I'd trained and was doing it regularly and now not as free, frequently. So I think it it's on a personal scale, it's about what, thinking about all the things we discussed and what do you prioritize? And if the goal is improving physical activity output, which it is for many people, I think I think they'd be great. But yeah, yourself, Stephen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'm going to continue to wear my watch, but in a limited capacity, like mm. really only using it to to monitor my steps throughout the day mm. and, you know, um, remedy any issues like today where it's, you know, one o'clock and yeah. I've only done 400 steps. Um, but yeah, I, I think for for as long as possible, I'll avoid phones that have like messaging functions and all sorts of mm. other things. Like I, I, I don't want to overload myself with data just to use these things where they're useful to me. Yeah. Uh, but again, as well, it's a on balance thing is uh, when you think about it. So even if you did do, 400 steps today. I'm sure there's another day where you may do 12,000 steps, right? So it's it's a it, for people who are using these activity monitors. One thing I'd probably think about is even if you don't hit your goals every day, think about it at either week level or a month level or something a bit larger. Even with COVID, right? People, the health professionals always try to stress we can't judge anything based off of one day. If cases go down or up, we have to look at the trends. And so I'd encourage people. The takeaway is is look at the trends as well of your data rather than just the days because you'll have off days and on days. So mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Nice point to end on. Adam. There you go. It's been a good, awesome. good, good podcast. Nice. Uh, now, Stephen, I in in your room, yeah. I do see uh, I see I see a mirror, and in that mirror, mm. I see a guitar. Oh my uh, Lord. So do you want to <laughs> yeah. play us out? I was out trying some... to like sneakily end it. And maybe well, what I want you to do though, I want you to very out of tune. <laughs> I want you first. I want you to check the number of steps you have currently. Yeah, yeah, it's very out of tune, but that's going to make right. it more interesting. Uh, how three, many steps? Three seven, three seventy-one. Okay, and then now I want you to play the outro riff, and we'll check how many steps if it, if it comes after. <laughs> Go for it. Beautifully out of yeah, tune. I know. That's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Very nice. Uh, what are we on? Are we still on 371? Uh, I'm sort of questioning the the 380. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I've probably the, only done about 12 steps. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. That's that's uh, another thing to consider, I think, is the accuracy of these uh, of these monitors. But if you're not strumming away as hard as Steven for this podcast, this is what he does for you. It's I'm sure it's the equivalent of taking those 12 steps. So but it's say that thanks guys. Um paper is always in the link in the description. I'm uh, that's how I'm gonna end the show from now on. Because I listened back to episodes. I was like, we plug these socials that we're not even active on. So I think uh, e- e- email, you can us. email us. You can yeah, email, email us at yeah. midnightconversationspodcast at gmail.com. And then check out yeah, check out the description for more info on the paper if you want to read it in more detail than Steve or I have. Uh, but in saying that, um keep the step stepping as they say. Yeah. We should have ended this a while ago. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Aram. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah, we should have stepped up our game is what you're saying. Is uh, We should have really... <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just sort of ran away with it, you know. At the end, there it was. It was great. I'm, I'm going to hit the stop button. <laughs> <laughs>